Famous Apple Entertainment presents An Apple a Day. Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you feeling today, my friends? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. Well, summer's just about over. I don't know where it went. Kids are already going back to school. I'm amazed. I am amazed. You know, down south, the kids are already in school. Up here in the north, kids are going back to school. I remember when I was a kid. We didn't go back to school until like September 10th. I mean, it was after Labor Day. It was already chilly out. We were going back to school. Now kids are going back to school in in the middle of August. That's unbelievable to me. But anyway, uh, I feel bad for the kids being in school in this heat. Today in New York, upstate New York, it's already like 90 degrees and it's only midday. What are you going to do? We have got a good one today. I wanted to take some time. We don't have any guests today. I want to go over some stuff that we normally go over. It's been a busy summer. We've had a lot of guests on, a lot of great guests. We've made a lot of new friends, a lot of friends of the podcast. And we brought a lot of information. It's been a great summer. And we've got a lot of backed up emails. A lot of people... They're so nice, and I love to get emails from listeners. The people are so nice. They they say they love the podcast. They love me, which is very nice. I, I'm very flattered. Some people have constructive criticism, which is great. I'm always open to that. I want to let you know that right now, there's somebody working on a brand new intro to the podcast. We should have that back within a couple of days and hopefully for the next episode, if not the next episode, the episode after, we'll have a brand new intro coming into the podcast and a brand new outro, you know, the end song at the end of the podcast. We'll have a new one of that, a new person doing it and uh, that's exciting. We have our website, our famous Apple website is being redone. And that should be up and running in the next couple of days. That's that's being worked on as we speak. I hired an outside designer to work on it. So that's exciting. That should be done in the next couple of days. So there's a lot going on. And it's just exciting. So I can't wait. We're breathing a you know a breath of fresh air into the podcast. We've we started with having multiple guests on and we're going to continue that route. We're going to have guests that are interesting. I think the guests that we've had so far have been very interesting, very funny, very friendly. No woe is me guests. You know, the people that are like, they want to tell us a sob story. We don't want to hear sob stories on an apple a day. We want to hear positive stories. And everyone, I think, has been a positive story, an interesting story. So... It's just been, it's been a great summer. 
I think, and the listeners have been great. We've taken on a whole lot, a whole lot more listeners. The numbers have gone through the ceiling, which is great. It's great. The community is growing. I'm just pleased. I'm, I hope you're pleased with it. And if you are, please tell a friend. Let them know. Let them know we're here. And I hope it's, everything's gone good for you. Now, I want to touch base on some things that we haven't discussed in a while. One of them being COVID. COVID, you know, people have gotten complacent with COVID. You see it a lot now, you know, nobody's, well, not, no, not, I shouldn't say nobody, okay? I'm not going to say nobody because I see a lot more people now in stores are wearing masks again. And that's because you have all these variants out there and every day it seems like there's a new variant. And then add to the mix now, we have monkeypox. <laughs> Where did that come from? But. I want to remind you, COVID itself is a cold weather bug, and we're getting back into the fall. And there's some things, some precautions that you can take because COVID hasn't gone away, contrary to what a lot of people want to tell you. You know, you have people like Tommy Laren out there saying, oh, it's all a farce, it's all this, it's all that. We've seen how many people have died from COVID, so it's not a farce. She may not want to wear a mask. That's fine. Anyone that doesn't want to wear a mask, that's fine. But for us in the community here with the people with disabilities, our immune systems are already compromised by our disability, by the medications that we take. So any weapon that we can have against COVID, whether it be the mask, the shot, the mask and the shot, we have to take those weapons and put them to use. And we know that COVID is a cold weather bug. We've seen that over the past few years. The numbers go up as the temperatures go down. So you have to take precautions. One of the things that we've said right along that you should do if you own a car and you drive in the cold weather, one of the things you should do, and I've said this right along, is change the cabin filter in your car. It costs anywhere between... 60 and 90 dollars to have a professional change the cabin filter it's worth it it cleans the air coming into the car you know where in the, into the compartment where you're sitting it cleans the air coming in it's worth every penny get it changed wherever you have your car serviced or fixed get it changed i have it done i have it done where i have my oil changes done and I think it cost me last time, and I've got, um, I'm scheduled to have it done in the next week or so with the next oil change. I think it cost me last time, I think it cost $69 to have it done. And it's worth every penny. I change it in the beginning of the summer, and I change it again in the fall. It's worth every penny. It's a sense of security for me. The same thing, too, with my air conditioner. I have central AC in my house. I make sure I change those filters every 30 days. Now, if you have a window air conditioner that you're going to be taking out, make sure when you take it out, wipe it down with a Clorox wipe or something, uh, you know, to sanitize it. Change the filter now, wrap it in plastic, wrap the whole AC unit in plastic, and put it away for the winter. This way, when you take it out in the summer next year, it's all set to go. 
put it in your window and you're all set. You have a clean filter in there. Make sure. Now everyone has to use these bags because we can't use plastic bags, you know. So you have to use these reusable bags. I still, still to this day, when I when we use the bags, my wife and I, when, when we go food shopping, we bring the bags in, we bring the food in when we're done, wipe out the inside of the bags with a, with a wipe, you know, a Clorox wipe or something, a bleach wipe. Wipe out the inside of the bags. It takes two minutes just to make sure they're clean. You didn't get anything on them or anything, and they're good for the next time. Little things you can do to protect yourself. Keep yourself clean. Now, here's another thing. When servicemen come into the house, now, like, I just had to have my cooktop serviced in my house. When servicemen come into my house, they have to wear a mask. And I wear a mask when the servicemen come in. Not because I think they're dirty or anything like that. It's just that I don't know them. They don't know me. So for their protection and my protection, we make sure they wear a mask and we wear a mask. Now, I don't do that with friends and family because I know that they have their shots and I know that they know I have mine and everything's cool. But with strangers coming in and out of the house, they have to wear a mask and when they come in, I wear a mask. It's just for protection. The same thing too, I don't let strangers, I don't let servicemen coming into my house, I don't let them wear shoes into my house. Again, I'm not saying that they're dirty, but they're going in and out of other places. So for protection of my house, you have to take your shoes off. And it keeps your house clean. <laughs> not for nothing. So it's a safe way to go. But little things, little things. And going into stores, always wear a mask. I always wear a mask. My wife always wears a mask. Even if it's going into like the little convenience store. I always wear a mask, or I should say my wife always wears a mask. And I'm noticing more and more people are doing the same. So it's not out of the ordinary. It's not something wrong. You're not looking like a freak. It's for your protection, especially us in this community. <laughs> you know, people can say what they want. First of all, I find it very odd that someone has the nerve to say something to someone in public. I've heard it said. I just find it odd that they think that they have the right to say something to someone because they wear a mask. But little minds, you know what I mean? Little minds have little little to say. For your protection, going into a store, I, will, I wouldn't say wearing them on the street all the time, but that's, again, that's your prerogative. That's your choice. I know if I'm in a crowded area, like an outside mall and there's a lot of people, I wear a mask. If I'm in Home Depot even, in the garden department, I wear a mask. If I'm in the store, I definitely wear a mask. Inside, in a closed place, wear a mask. But it depends. If it's crowded, wear a mask. That's what I do. I'm just saying these are things that I do, things that I would suggest for you. I'm not telling you you have to, but I would suggest that you do. And again, I would just want to remind you, covid is a cold weather bug. One more thing. You go to the gas pumps. I wouldn't touch the... I, I look at the gas pumps. Now, my wife pumps the gas because I can't get in and out of the car. But I look at the gas pumps almost like they're a urinal. Would you touch a urinal with your bare hands? I wouldn't. So, I always tell my wife, and my wife always does it, either have a rubber glove 
you know, a disposable rubber glove. Or if you don't have one, make sure you have a paper towel or a napkin or something to touch those pumps. You don't know what people have done with their hands. Never mind. COVID is bad enough passing it along that way. But you don't know where, where their hands have been. And I told the story a while ago where I seen somebody licking their fingers and eating chicken in a car. Then get out, licking their fingers and touch the gas pump. It's disgusting. And I never thought about it until COVID came around. And I see what people do. It's just disgusting. Who wants to touch the gas pump? First of all, risking COVID, but then risking every other disease. Cover your hands when you use a gas pump, just for your own safety. But I just wanted to bring these points up. You know, just common sense, common sense points. And I'm sure you knew it. Just something to throw out there. I'm sure people are smart enough now. We've been through this long enough. And I just wanted to throw it out there like a, like a refresher, just like a tap on the shoulder and just say, hey, remember this? Because I know that you know it. I know it. <laughs> it sounds like a comedy routine, right? I know that you know that I know it, that you know it. <laughs> uh, but let's move on. I want to read some, I want to read you one email in particular that I got, that I, got, that I want to read you. And I'm going to have Dave read it to you. So sit back for a second and listen to what Dave has to say. This is from Alan in New York. Jimmy, I found your Apple a Day podcast recently and listened to a few of the shows. I enjoyed them and decided to go all the way to the beginning and have been binge listening for a few days. I was checking them out while at the gym until I came to the one where you went off about people addicted to drugs and alcohol. You said you don't believe that addiction is a disability? What would you call it? If you don't think addicts are disabled, what would you say they are? I'd really like to know. I have a 17-year-old sister who is addicted to heroin and has used a number of other narcotics, but heroin is her drug of choice. The only help she gets is they give her clean needles and a safe place where she can shoot up. She is on the street panhandling and doing things that I'd rather not think about, to get money to pay for the drugs to fill those government-supplied needles. She looks like she hasn't eaten in weeks. I tried to get her social security and SSI but they turned her down. If anyone needs it, she does. By them not helping her, she is forced into begging and worse, stealing. She was recently arrested for shoplifting. Jimmy, you advocate for people with disabilities, or so you say. You should educate yourself and realize that addiction is no different than diabetes, heart disease, or even cancer. They can all kill you, but drug addiction is not as respectable as the rest. If you have those other diseases, Social Security will throw money at you and pay for medication and treatments. If you have an addiction to drugs, you're treated like the scum of the earth, a criminal, and kicked to the curb. Nobody gives a shit if you live or die. When is someone going to do something for people addicted to drugs? When is someone going to advocate for them? Who is going to advocate for my sister? Hey, Alan. First, I'd like to say thanks for the email, and I'd I'd like to say thanks for listening to An Apple a Day. I appreciate the kind words. (laughs) I'm glad that you like most of the episodes. I'm sorry you didn't like the episode on addiction. Now, let me start off by saying, no, I don't believe addiction is a disability. I believe addiction is a self-inflicted wound, not 
anything like heart disease, diabetes, and definitely, definitely nothing like cancer. Now, to compare drug addiction, alcohol addiction to diabetes, heart disease, cancer is not only foolish, but kind of insulting. There's no comparison between the two. You're comparing apples and watermelons. Drug addiction is, like I said, self-inflicted. Nobody, nobody walked out of the house in the morning and fell on a on a needle and accidentally shot up. That, that just doesn't happen. They, they, they actively went out, bought a bag of heroin, cooked it up, drew it up in a syringe, put a tourniquet around their arm, and shot it into a vein. Nobody went out and said, going to check my blood sugar and see if I have diabetes so I can shoot insulin in. But first, I have to go get a prescription for insulin. I got to get a prescription for needles. I got to get a prescription for test strips. I can buy a machine, but I got to get a prescription for test strips so I can check my insulin. Nobody went out and said, I think today I want to do chemotherapy. (laughs) Sounds like a trip, right? No one went out and said, let me see if I can clog an artery so I can have a a heart, heart attack. Nobody said that. But somebody actively said, I'm going to get high today. And went out and paid a, paid a, a, another junkie for a bag of heroin. Or for some meth. Or for some acid. Or for some crack cocaine. Or a bag of coke. They went out and actively paid for that. Snorted it. Shot it. Smoked it. Did whatever they had to do for it. They actively went out and actively did it of their own free will. So you're going to compare that to heart disease, diabetes, or cancer? What are you smoking, drinking, or shooting? That's my question to you. Now, Alan, I'm very sorry for your sister. I'm truly, I truly am. I'm truly sorry for your sister. I'm sorry for you that you have to deal with. I'm I'm truly sorry for your family that they have to deal with this. This is a rough go. And to actually look at your sister and she looks like she's starving. She she looks emaciated. That's got to be so hard to see. I truly feel bad for you. But it's not anyone's fault except for hers. She did this to herself. It's not the taxpayer's problem to take care of her. This is something that is the problem of the family. The family has to take care of her. Now, you're saying you tried to get her Social Security disability. Why? Your sister's 17. Do you think she's worked enough to have accumulated enough points to get Social Security disability? I don't. I I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You wanted to get her SSI. Does she have a a place that she calls home? Does she have an address? I'm amazed. Is she in a program? Is she in a program? Where she's trying to take care of this addiction? Evidently not, because she told me she's panhandling. And that she's shoplifting. It's up to the family to get her into a program. And you're talking about safe spaces and clean needles. I think that's a sham. Do you know how much it costs for a diabetic to get needles to take insulin? You know how much it costs for a diabetic 
to get insulin? You're you're saying nobody's taking care of her? If she was in a program, she'd be getting methadone for free. As it is, she's getting needles for free. She's getting a safe space to go shoot up for free. I think it's ridiculous. I think what should happen when she goes to that safe space to go shoot up, she bought the drugs with the money she panhandled or shoplifted and sold off the hot stuff that she shoplifted. I think when she goes to that safe space with that bag of dope and gets her her clean needle, what they should do is arrest her. She should go to jail because, number one, having drugs is illegal. Using drugs is illegal. If they arrested her and put her in jail, they'd be doing her a favor because then she'd have no choice but to clean up and she'd go through the DTs, which she could do in the infirmary in jail. Wouldn't that be better? Don't you think that would be better for your sister? All right, so she'd have a record. Big deal. It's better than dying in the streets, isn't it? Or you could have the family sit down, get together, pool their money together, and get her into a program instead of looking for the taxpayers to do it for you. Why does it become the taxpayer's problem? Addiction shouldn't be a disability. It's not a disability. It's a self-inflicted problem. People are dying. You know, there's people that are dying from cancer. They don't have enough money. You think Social Security is throwing money at people with disabilities? Do you know how much Social Security pays when someone is completely disabled and they have no other income coming in? Maybe to, maybe to a junkie, that might look like a lot of money. That, that may be a lot, of, a lot of bags of heroin. But to a, a disabled person who does the right thing, who's done the right thing their entire life, to have to try and support their family on what Social Security disability pays, that's not a lot of money, Alan. That's not a lot of money. And then to try and get your, your medication and all the medical bills as they pile up. Do you know to qualify for Social Security disability? One of the, one of the things they look at is that your, your, your disability is going to end in death. Read some of the Social Security information, Alan. Do you want to do you want to believe that your sister's disability is going to end in death? Is that what you want to believe? So she can get a couple of bucks so she can buy more drugs and keep on going? Why don't you guys as a family work together? Work together, pull your pull your resources together and get your sister into a program where she can get off the drugs. You know, I never I never believe all this stuff. Put it this way, I, I believe it because I see it, but I can't comprehend it that you get people that are on drugs and they're going to blame everybody else for their problem. Nobody tied them up and shot them up with, a, with, with heroin or made them smoke crack or made them snort coke. Nobody did that. They did it to themselves. And then they want to blame everybody else when it gets so bad that they can't kick it. Or you get the guy that hurt his back and the doctor gave him pain medication and told him to take it for 10 days. But he liked it so much that he kept on taking it and then he found ways to buy it on the street and then he's going to sue the doctor for giving it to him. So he's going to sue the doctor for relieving his pain for 10 days, but because he liked it so much, he kept on taking it. Now it's the doctor's fault. Or the morons that go out and smoke. Now, I was one of the morons that smoked, but the morons that smoke and they got cancer from smoking. Now they want to sue the cigarette company because 
Well, they, they, they advertised, and they enticed me to smoke. Well, you could have just said no. Oh, they used a cartoon, a cartoon character, and it made me think that it was safe to smoke. Oh, what about that message that's on the side of the package that says, Warning, cigarette smoking is a hazard to your health. I seen it. I kept on smoking. But then I had a heart attack and I quit. I'm not suing, you know, Marlboro or, or Viceroy or any of the rest of the big companies. It, I smoked. It was my problem. And I'm not saying cigarette smoking co- caused my heart attack. I'm sure I played a part in it, but it was my problem. I chose to do it. I'm not looking to push my problems off on anybody else. Addiction is not a disability. And you can check with any lawyer. You can check with Social Security Disability, or you already found out that it's not. But stop trying to make it like your sister's not an innocent bystander here. Nobody walked by and stuck it in her, stuck a needle in her arm. She didn't trip and fall on a loaded needle. She's going to these safe safe spaces to shoot up. She's getting clean needles. She knows how to do all of this. So she also knows how to quit. And that goes for every other person with an addiction, drinking, whatever. I had a brother-in-law that was a, was a stone-cold alcoholic. He's dead now. He knew how to quit. He went to AA, I don't know how many times. He got those silver dollars or whatever it is, the badges or what, pins or whatever they give you. He knew how to quit. He didn't want to. He's dead now. If you don't want to quit, nobody can make you quit. But don't go looking to people to throw you money so you can just continue going on, on and on and on. Don't take money away from the people that need it. So no, if you're going to hate me, I'm sorry. That's my opinion. I don't hate you for your opinion. And you like the podcast for all the other episodes, so don't hate the podcast. You ask me my opinion, and I'm just giving you my opinion. I hope to God, I pray for you, sister, believe me. I hope she finds a way out of this mess. And I hope there's peace for your family. I pray for you guys. And I'm not, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not a holy ruler, but I, I have concern, and I I hope things work out. I hope things work out, and I hope your sister pulls through all of this, but you ask my opinion. And who's going to advocate for your sister? You sound like you're a pretty good advocate. You're looking for ways, and I commend you for that, Alan. I really do. You're asking, you're asking the questions, you you have concern. You're a concerned brother, and I, I, I commend you for that. I pat you on the back, my man. Because a lot of other people would just say, the hell with her, and walk away. At least you have concern. Don't turn your back on your sister, man. Don't be there to help her. Catch her when she falls. But I'm going to tell you this. You're not going to be able to change her. The only one that's going to be able to change her is her. She's going to want to have to change. And the sad part is, it's going to take for her to hit rock bottom. Rock bottom. And that may mean going to jail. And the only thing I the only thing I can say is don't give up on her. Don't give up on her. When everyone else is gonna say the hell with her, leave her leave her be. She made her bed, let her sleep in it. Don't give up on her. Be there for her. Be her brother. Be her brother, be her friend, be her protector. Don't be an enabler. Don't enable her to do it, but be her brother and be her friend and be her protector. Good luck, man. Really, good luck. And Please keep in touch. Let me know how things work out. Okay? Again, thank you for listening to An Apple a Day, Alan. I'm here for you. Please keep in touch. I want to thank everybody for listening today. And I want to remind you, things can always be worse. No matter what, 
Right now, there's somebody out there wishing that they were in your position so things can always be worse. Hey, let me know what you thought about this episode. Let me know what you think about other episodes. You can join us over at Living with a Disability. That's our Facebook group. You can get there by going to www.famousapple.com forward slash group. People over there chatting. They're over there talking. Let us know what you thought about this episode and any other episode. And go over there and make a couple of new friends. I'll talk to you again real soon. We have some good episodes coming up. There's a couple in the can already waiting and chomping at the bit to get posted. So we got some good ones coming up for you, my friends. You've been listening to An Apple A Day. My name is Jimmy Apple, and I'm going to talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to An Apple A Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.